happy yield, and welcome to Render's Experiences, lesson on the campus visit experience and conversations during our travels. I'm Jeff Collet. Happy April 1st. We know you all are busy making calls and crafting a class, so another short episode of Render's Experiences for you this month. Our travels are winding down, and when we have a little more quiet time, we're reading, pondering, and discussing what's next in the campus visit industry. Seriously, we have a Slack channel called Articles We Should Read, and it has more articles shared than we have time to truly absorb. Let's dive in as Brittany and I discuss a recent article in the New York Times about the intersection of technology and humanity. Hi, Brittany. <laughs> that was a deep sigh. Yeah, no, just a lot of travel. We have been traveling. We woke up in Durango, Colorado this morning, and now we are in the Twin Cities. And I had a little altitude sickness. It was really high up there at Fort Lewis College. Yeah, 6,850 feet going from 180 feet in my place above Puget Sound. I was gasping. Above sea level. Yeah. yeah. I think you and I both were gasping for air a little bit, but beautiful. Yeah, I the setting of Fort Lewis is panoramic. Right. People always ask us um, when we're at conferences, especially tour guides, I feel like, uh, what is your favorite campus that you've ever been to? And we always like have to pull back and say, whoa, 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 there are lots of different campuses for different reasons. And I think Fort Lewis is probably going to be like best vista. Oh. Yeah. Or best setting. Yeah. For sure. Kind of in a valley, but super high up. Right. And in a 360 bowl. I think we might have of a... mountains. Yes. We have a photo that's going yeah. up on our social media, right? Yeah. So, so now here we are in the Twin Cities in the heart of downtown. Yeah. Looking at a, uh, that's the Mississippi River, correct? It is the Mississippi. That is the really flowing. Right. We're right. very lucky to do what we do. We do. Headed to McAllister College. We tomorrow. are. We are. We're very excited. So yeah, liberal arts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a weird time of year. We know all of our clients are busy yielding a class. And it's funny because our email has gone silent. This is around the time of year when like we stop hearing from folks. Yeah. And we totally understand and get that. So it actually frees up my time to start thinking about what's coming next. I find like April and May are my time to start thinking about summer and fall and what should we be thinking about, especially because we're headed into conference season too. You and I are going to SACAC next week in Atlanta, the Southern Association for College and Mission Counseling. Where no one drinks. No one. It's a very dry conference, extremely dry. Best behavior. Um, and then you're going to be at PACAC this summer, the Pennsylvania ACAC. I'm headed out to the Pacific Northwest, Rocky Mountain, and Western ACAC Super Conference. So I know people will... And we're, I'm also going to Fitzwilliams. We're sponsoring yeah, Fitzwilliams. Fitzwilliams. And we have SIPSA, where we're the diamond, yes. we're, we're a diamond sponsor. In Portland. Yeah. Yes. And you and Fitzwilliams in New Hampshire. You're going to put a bird on it in Portland? I might. Okay. I might. That's what Portlandia tells me to do. So, I know you're going west for the super conference right, and in I'm Phoenix. going east yes, for we're, Prince William. We're trading off that week. So no, I know these con these questions always come back at, at conferences. You know, what's next? What are we seeing in trends? What should people be thinking about? So I tend to use this time of year to start kind of pondering. 
So I read an article. What are you pondering? Well, I read an article, as I do, in the New York Times because as... You do love your New York Times. I do. It hasn't burned me yet. So I don't... I'm still pretty loyal to the New York Times. You know that I am not a longer. I know. I know. The NYT has burned you. Yes. Yes. Um, So I'm not there yet. So my Sunday ritual still involves CVS Sunday morning and then Brian and I digesting our, our Sunday New York Times. There was a really interesting article this past Sunday in the review section that was titled, Human Contact is Now a Luxury Good, um, by Nellie Bowles, a technology reporter for the New York Times. And so let me read you this one stretch from the article, which we will link um, for all of our listeners uh, in the notes in the comment section on uh, of the podcast. So it says, um, only screen or not only are screens themselves cheap to make, but they also make things cheaper. Any place that can fit a screen, classrooms, hospitals, airports, restaurants can cut cost. Any activity that can happen on a screen becomes cheaper. The texture of life, the tactile experience is becoming smooth glass, but the rich do not live like this. The rich have grown afraid of screens. They want their children to play with blocks and tech-free private schools are booming, which I didn't know was a thing until I read this article. Humans are more expensive and rich people are willing to pay for them and able to pay for them. Conspicuous human interaction, living without a phone for a day, quitting social networks, not answering email have all become a new status symbol. And all this has led to a curious new reality. Human contact is becoming a luxury good. As more screens appear in the lives of the poor, screens are disappearing from the lives of the rich. The richer you are, the more time you tend to spend off screen. So this is also becoming this like a, a further economic divide in our country. But and so or that's the, the case that they're making based on these studies and sort of the, some of the examples that they provide in this article to back up that claim. So, you know, I walked away from this article And here we are at like this weird cross section where we have been talking about where is the balance of technology in the campus visit. And you have cross sections of all socioeconomic groups coming to visit campuses no matter what the campus. So is this confirmation that we need to be investing more in tour guides? Is this confirmation that's more about the balance between technology and human interaction so that you can appeal to the wide variety of socioeconomic families that are coming to see us. Where does this fit in if it does? I just thought it was fascinating. The, the, the conundrum that it presents, I think, is fascinating. Yeah, no, I'm scanning my whole life as you were reading this, and I'm like, you know me. I like people. I like talking to people. I, I don't want a mobile check-in. I want to chat with the people at the front desk, mm-hmm. right? I, if something goes wrong at the airport, I want to go to the Sky Club and chat with the, you know, the the, the agents there, right? I don't want right. to fix it on the phone. I want to call the line for Delta to have them fix it. So right. it's interesting. And I don't want screens in my life. Right? I think you and I have both pulled way back from social media. Oh, totally. And, you know, we kind of have that, you know, that is a luxury right. for us, right? So, where other people, this is where they connect right. socially. and So I think the problem is, is that even when we're being, I, I, I think when we're being human on a campus tour, we're not. We are just being scripted, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's scripted. Everyone's putting on 
you know, uh, they're not being genuine, they're not being authentic, they're not being human, right? They're either calling it in or they're doing kind of a fake smile customer service. And they all say the same thing in the information session and the tour guides are scripted tour bots. And so we're not as an enterprise, meaning the colleges being human enough. And we're not managing the expectations to say, when you're coming away to college, yeah, you're gonna be on screens, but you're still gonna be hanging out with people, going to class to people. We really want you to be people. And then I don't think we do enough in the humanity to engage our guests. So what do we watch all the families do? Go to their phones. Go to their phones. It's true. So now then the end of that, I get into, you know, first gens, right? That use their phone to be connected to the internet. And is that phone a safety for them? And is there an isolation or security in that? Or do they want the college to Sherpa them with humanity? Sure. But this, I think that families are only responding to what we, and when I say we, I mean colleges and universities and our clients that we make woke to this. No. Oh, dear. There it is, folks. <laughs> you saw someone with a woke button recently and on the And read an article canvas. on the flight here about being woke. Okay. Like, yeah, okay. This so, is where it's all coming right. from. And then, and then, and then my cousin, <laughs> uh, Madison Hutchison, who I'll give a plug for, is a senior graduating from Birmingham Southern, a longtime admissions worker, and Southern Vassiner is looking for a job in admissions, and that's my little LinkedIn promo for her. Um, she's she's used that term, right? But I've become woke to things. You know, go, you know, a little senior graduating from Lavoir's College. Okay, so this rests to me with colleges and universities not being authentically human mm. when they are being human. That's really fair. And, it, you know, it's not just, it seems like it's everyone across the board. It's, you know, the moment that people walk in, even if they're seeing a human and checking in, it's just, hi, what's your name? And let me check you off this list and go sit down over there and be quiet, which is, you know, very robotic. Name hometown major. And then we do the same Name hometown major, right? And then the, the guidance counselor, excuse me, the admissions counselor asks everyone, all the students who do name hometown major. And then the tour guides, the same thing, like no one read who's coming to visit today. Right, right. Takes that moment to really be human and say, oh, I saw you were coming. You're from Dallas. One of our other ambassadors is from Dallas and have a genuine human conversation. Right. And, and acknowledge the other humans in the group. Right. Yes. Which is part of the reason why we hardly ever talk to each other, right? Is because it feels very robotic. Yeah. We, we never have a moment that truly breaks the ice and gives us permission you would think like we wouldn't need permission to have conversation with each other like human beings but, but to this article i would yeah which is why i would go back to when we were at the university of north texas and the eagle ambassador started off with like name hometown what you think you want to study didn't go to major right mm -hmm. but what are you doing this weekend and how much that opened up the group to connect with each other Right, there was some super. I think it was. A, I think it was uh, Infinity out. War. Okay, you um, know I'm not up to date on all of my superheroes. USA but... Today, by the way, had an update on everyone going into the new one who's dead or alive or disintegrated. 
Because this one is something in game that's yeah. coming out, yeah. so, but not Marvel America or whatever but, just came out. Right. But <laughs> no, Captain Captain Marvel. See, this is why I don't. Mm-mm. You know, and she's an empowered female from the '90s with an awesome soundtrack from the '90s. Which really, I, you should be. I love, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll give it a try. Okay. We digress. But we di- But you know that that question got everyone connected. That is true. Right? They all started talking to each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, And then... It was all relatable. It was all relatable. Because otherwise, everyone's just in a group. And the student says their name, hometown, and major. And there's no connection between the group. And then everyone plays that awkward dance with doors. And no one feels (laughs) empowered to be human out on tour. Right. So, I I would say we're we're doing humanity on campus tours. Let's do it better. Absolutely. And let's give our tour guides permissions to be human and to be fallible and flawed and to not always get it right and to say things wrong. But you and I have said, we'll take a student not knowing any of the stats, but engaging families and... Right, asking questions, making conversation every day. Yeah, and not just about college search. I think that's the thing is we just, what other schools are you looking at? What other schools are you touring? What do you think you want to major in? Like, we don't just have a conversation. Right. You were somewhere in the tour guide, asked the group at some point along the tour, maybe it was even in introductions, like, what's the last book you read or what was the last book you enjoyed? Yeah. Which was very, I think it was like, it fit that school. It was a liberal arts school. Yeah. yeah. And it really fit. Right. And the students totally connected with Jeff, I know we promoted this on our blog and on our social media, but you were on another podcast. I had the honor to be, uh, Acro has uh, two podcasts, but our friend James Miller, um, who was at the University of Puget Sound when we started working with them, um, and is now at the University of Washington Bothell, um, interviews folks, and he uh, lives in Tacoma as well. And so at my dining room table, he did an over a really good podcast that seemed to be popular on social media um and it's just me ranting um but it's a good listen you listen to it i did and like james's um host skills put mine to shame um he uses words like iconoclast and prognostication what was the other way he described me as a presenter oh what was that it was good i had to look it up oh yeah it was late. so basically here's what i need from james miller james if you're listening i need um, like a set of flashcards, podcast host flashcards, where you give me like a four-syllable word that I can work into every podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, clearly he absorbed all of this great vocabulary, and I have lost it over the Well, years. I do like, I was the first one, and it appears now on their podcast they're going to do admit, waitlist, or deny as oh, part of their, yeah. that, that, that's going to be the new it thing. It was a really so great like, point I of podcast. So I want to steal that, and we need our own little, you know. <laughs> oh, gosh. We'll have Our to own little, like, tradition like... <laughs> login reference to render in the campus. Who right gets now. to walk for two hours? Who rides the golf cart? Who yeah, gets a personalized yeah, faculty meeting? Yeah, is that, like, the campus like visit that. version gotta, of that? We got to think about that. <laughs> Who got told that the visit is full? <laughs> so we'll link that as well. We will. And we it's will. Up on our social media. Everyone should go take a listen to it. And I hope so. yield season is going well for everyone. I know. Hang in there, folks. Make sure that you have a glass of wine and a nap when and you can. And be human. And be human. Have conversations with families. Absolutely.
few additional things for you to remember. One, conference season is upon us, and we hope to see you this spring and summer. Want to know where we'll be? Go to our homepage at renderexperiences.com and check out our tour dates. Two, subscribe to our renderings blog for updates on best practices in the campus visit and our experiences outside of higher education. You also receive render rays. It's a lot of render. Our monthly newsletter of what we're reading, watching, and pondering. Go to renderexperiences.com and click blog at the top right of our homepage. Want to collaborate with us? Find who we are, what we do, and an inquiry form on our website. Shoot us an email or give us a call so we can learn about your goals, your challenges, and how we can help. Thanks for listening to Render's Experiences. I'm Jeff Collet, and remember, it's all about the experience.